What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to the 65th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Epstein Blackout episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. The most infamous child trafficking pedophile of the ruling class was trending again recently on Twitter, thanks to one of the shittiest men on earth, <laughs> James O'Keefe and his awful far-right <laughs> smear machine, Project Veritas. Now, The we're... worst fucking name for a fucking outlet. I don't know. They all love, yeah, like Ro- Greco-Roman. It like... sounds so <laughs> low-budge. Like, it sounds like yeah. they're like... Well, we've got CNN, there's MSNBC, we've got ASV, uh, ABC, uh, we've got Fox News, and then Project Veritas. <laughs> I mean, Fox News is a weird choice because the yeah. Fox is uh, usually known as a sneaky. Yeah, sneaky. Sneaky animal that goes around in the dark, yeah. So we're going to examine what happened, why James cannot be trusted, and how the mainstream media has failed to properly cover Epstein in the aftermath of his definitely not murder. We're also delighted to have Liz Franzak on the show this week. She's the co-host of the True Anon podcast dedicated to covering Epstein and the massive deep-rooted network of ruling class sickos he ran with. Jake will also be donning his beret and loose-knit sweater to read us a little poem prepared for the occasion. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, beautiful mm. man. I like to see you. I like to hear mm. Uh, So we also could not be more excited to announce our very first live show. It's going to be in Los Angeles on Saturday, February 8th. It's going to be really fun. Jake's going to tell a live story. You can BYOB. If you don't know what that means, you can look it up. Uh, And uh, we'll, of course, have a meaty topic to cover. You should uh, go get tickets now. Uh, Pause the podcast and go to tickets.qanonanonymous.com so you can later tell people you were at the very first QAA live show in the history of mankind. The date again is Saturday, February 8th of 2020, Year of Our Lord. The place is Los Angeles, specifically the Silver Lake neighborhood, and we are going to have a lot of fun. Go to tickets.qanonanonymous.com. Go, 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 go. You guys could join me on the go, 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 so it doesn't just sound like a desperate idiot, okay? All right. But you are a desperate idiot. All right. Fair enough. I'm a desperate idiot. It is also- I'll second that. Go do that. My mom's going to be there, so if you want to meet my mom- Don't tell people your mom's going to be there. It makes us sound like fucking amateurs, man. We are. Although not really. I don't know if you can notice, because our voices sound excellent due to some new equipment. That's right. Supported by our beloved Patreon subscribers, so thank you. You are actively making the show better. That's true, actually. We did upgrade both our hardware, and I also now live in a palace of foam. <laughs> and I, uh, when and the I, boys leave, they feel a little sad because they know what they're leaving me <laughs> to sleep in. Yeah, um, there's their sleeping bags hanging from the ceiling. Uh, in fact, yeah. I think that's where Julian sleeps now. Just yes, kind of like kind of like um, Gary Oldman in the uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula film. I think at, at the end of every night, Julian just tucks himself into that little sleeping bag, hangs from the yeah. ceiling goes to sleep absolutely looking at his phone that's <laughs> always <laughs> you know what i've been reading more lately i'm, I'm, I'm excited oh good okay. yeah that's right you know what i've been books, doing books are back in town you know what i've been doing at night what all night till 5 a.m what playing 2k that's okay <laughs> i'm getting really good that's great finally okay. getting really we're very good. proud of you uh you know what else is great QAnon news no 
Travis's birthday. Oh, happy shit. birthday Whoa. to Travis! Thank you. You said happy you. Birthday. You don't even know his name. Wait, sing, sing the song. I'll do the harmony. I'm not gonna do the whole song. Just do one of them. No, we're gonna get sued yeah. by the birthday corporation. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, the birthday no, people true. will come after us. I think it works. Now. Thanks for yeah, just releasing more information. Make it easier to dox me. Yeah. yeah right oh. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this week we're recording on a Wednesday. <laughs> weird, weird day of the week to record. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for the upgraded sound and for allowing um, Travis to live another year on Earth. It's thanks to you, patreon.com slash qanonymous.com. Uh, I just said qanonymous.com on top of it. So just this whole intro has been an absolute disaster. You know what else is a disaster? QAnon News. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say uh, 8 Coon is still not live on the clear net. Still having problems. No new Q drops. Oh, so. boy. Mm. So. Why are you gloating about it? I've uh, no, no reason. <laughs> no reason. Uh, but uh, Just a, just uh, a, ca- a casual observer. Yeah, observer, yeah. In case you're wondering how 8 Coon is doing. Not yeah. great. <laughs> not, not great. great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our main story is uh, 8chan owner Jim Watkins asked prosecutors to charge Frederick Brennan with libel. So uh, Jim Watkins, the valiant defender of free speech that he is, yeah. has asked the Philippines to charge 8chan creator Frederick Brennan with libel. Uh, Frederick Brennan learned about this after receiving a subpoena to offer a counter affidavit in response to Jim Watkins's uh, complaint. Uh, the full complaint, by the way, was leaked by our old friend, the QAnon pusher Neon Revolt. Uh, which mm. obviously means that Ron and or Jim Watkins are in direct communication with Neon Revolt and they're using him as a media asset in their war against Frederick Brennan. Keep in mind, this is a guy who has gone on stream to say he fell in a ditch drunkenly three different times, including the day before his own wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, how dare you libel me as right. I do the cucumber dance? <laughs> 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 you're making me look like an idiot and an yes, unprofessional man. You're hurting uh, Jim Watkins' stellar reputation. He's thought of so yeah. highly in the community. Yeah, as, I sit, as I sit next to a lake... Playing with an abacus. (laughs) (laughs) The complaint by Watkins takes issue with a few tweets by Brennan speculating that Watkins is senile. Uh, For example, here's one Frederick Brennan tweet mentioned in the complaint. Jim wearing a QAnon pin to Congress was truly awful. Either Jim is wearing the pin cynically, he knows Q is a LARP, but is wearing it to trick the cultists into donating to him, or... Jim is going senile and believes Q is real to some degree and is wearing it as a talisman. Like, I'm not a lawyer, obviously. Even if I was, I probably wouldn't know much about Filipino law. But I'm pretty sure, like, just speculating that someone is senile isn't can't be considered libelous or defam- defamatory. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think so. Yeah. And we're sure that he doesn't just have like a gumball machine with different letters at home, and he he pops a letter out every morning to put on his jacket, and it just happened to be Q the yeah, day he went to Congress. Yeah, that's it could right. could be. Think about it, boys. I mean, I don't want to be conspiratorial on the podcast. Okay? Are you talking about the shits that you put the quarter in? And it comes out in a little plastic bubble. That's a gotcha game, but uh, it's like, what do you mean by gotcha game? So gotcha is a Japanese thing where okay. people pump in shit tons of money to get the randomized figurine, right? Uh, and then there's rare ones and stuff. It's designed to make you pump money in, and a lot of mobile games and loot boxes are based on that mechanic. So the gotcha is like the it's, machine basically going it, no, gotcha. No, it's like a Japanese word. I don't no. know what it stands for. But I just know that that's the word they use. But it's interesting because yeah. I mean, it kind of works in English too because it's like 
Gotcha. It does. Gotcha to put in a lot of money. Yeah, for simpletons, this definitely works. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, the analogy works. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that, like, at the very least, you'd have to you have to claim that something is fact before it can even theoretically be considered, uh, you know, de- defamatory, libelous. That's a good point. So, which brings us to our second story: <laughs> Jim Watkins is senile. <laughs> so, according to reports, Jim Watkins is senile and suffers from dementia. Hmm. Our sources, which we, we can't name, obviously, uh, say that Jim Watkins spends hours a day talking to his cat because his senile mind has led him to believe <laughs> that he is John Arfbuckle speaking to Garfield. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Incredible. That, that actually fucking, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, we have some more information here. Uh, further sources have confirmed that Jim Watkins' head actually contains no real brain tissue. Uh, if you were to open up Jim Watkins' skull and peer inside, you'd see a pool of uh, tainted pond water containing a brown lily pad and a single dead floating frog. <laughs> now, I'm not I'm not 100% sure how Jim Watkins operates without a functional nervous system, but that is what we are reporting as fact with actual malice. So You didn't have to use we. You could just, I hadn't you know, yeah. like looked over well, this stuff, but actually, no, now that I read it, I would also add that uh, he he makes doo-doos in his pants on purpose mm. every morning, that's, that's, and he walks around with it just for the nice, warm feeling. This is breaking. That's, you only hear at QAnon Anonymous. That's right. You mm-hmm. know, I love that we're doing this, and then seconds later, we're going to have to talk shit about Project Veritas. <laughs> 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 this guy's not even a real reporter. Fair Anyways. Enough. Honestly, Jim Watkins kind of does look like John Arbuckle. Yeah. If you look him up <laughs> right now, look at, this, look at this pic. Uh, t- that, today, is so, that is so... So Watkins yeah. energy right there. Today, Jake's brain is on absolute overdrive. Look yes, this. this skinny man who looks nothing like Jim Watkins looks exactly like Jim Watkins. Mm, You're correct. Similar haircut. Absolutely. No, it's true. Similar haircut, no nose, mm-hmm. big yeah. eyes. Yeah. Same hair color. Same exact hair color if you're completely blind. Occupation cartoonist. Same. The Epstein Blackout. So I want to talk about the recently leaked ABC News hot mic video that's uh, making the rounds and kind of put it in the context of the mainstream media's failure to properly cover Epstein, but also how like establishment reporting actually helps topple Epstein. So uh, earlier this week, uh, the conservative activist James O'Keefe began promoting the hashtag Epstein cover up on Twitter. It was supposedly a prelude to some explosive information that he was going to release through his organization, Project Veritas. Now, most people who hadn't already bought into O'Keefe's shtick ignored it. O'Keefe has gained a reputation as a bad faith actor. His method of investigative journalism typically involves recording people he targets, usually media outlets or left-leaning organizations, then selectively uh, editing the videos or publishing them out of context. Um, In one instance in 2010, an employee of the nonprofit Acorn, who was fired due to a misleading Project Veritas video, sued. Uh, that resulted in O'Keefe issuing an apology and agreeing to pay a hundred thousand dollars in the settlement. Even more, dis- even more disgusting is the uh, the neoliberal establishment shutting down Acorn in response to this fucking two bit loser yeah. going in there and doing a fucking hit job on them. Shame on them. Shame on them because they were the true people that made the decision at the end of the day. That's true. This guy's going to continue to be a piece of shit. It's your fucking responsibility not to shut down something cool like Acorn. Yeah, that's all I have to say. In uh, recent years, O'Keefe usually works by hyping up some new video project, uh, releasing recordings that show people speaking candidly, but not really usually revealing anything particularly interesting, then claiming that he's being shadow banned. 
In fact, uh, just yeah. last month. I mean, I shadow banned him myself. Yeah, well, of course. So. In fact, just last month, he did this with his Expose CNN project. Uh, that project, which consisted of footage captured by a contractor for CNN, uh, failed to produce any bombshells. Like even people who liked uh, uh, James O'Keefe were like, all, yeah, yeah. So we have some low level employees talking shit about CNN. That's not that's yeah. not explosive revelations. You yeah. Know? yeah. CNN sucks. Explosive yeah, revelation. Yeah. They're not that good. Yeah, it's not. There was anything good. They're kind of a, a pile of turds in a giant studio filming each other. However, this uh, Epstein cover up. Uh, business wound up being more real and substantial than just about anything O'Keefe has ever done. Uh, even though it does not contain a video that O'Keefe or anyone on his team produced. But rather, it was a leaked video of ABC News anchor Amy Robach in studio griping about a missed opportunity to report on the Epstein story in 2015. That squashed report includes an interview with the most famous victim of Jeffrey Epstein, Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. Back in May of 2009, Virginia Jeffrey sued Epstein and accused Ghislaine Maxwell of recruiting her to a life of being sexually trafficked while she was a minor. And what's amazing is that the statement about the the royal family, but oh yeah, yes. we, oh yeah, that's we'll, even it's like that's a get clear that. yeah like attempt to cover something up. Yeah, I've actually seen um, so, like deep, deep, deep on the message boards that there is the there's a sect of the of the QAnon community that believes. That, that the deep state really is um, Great Britain, that, like, we yeah. never freed ourselves from, like, the British and that, like, w even though, like, America, like, mm -hmm. looks like it's free and has mm. the appearance that the, that we've separated from the United Kingdom, that actually, like, they still fucking pull all the strings. If, like, if America's not free, then uh, Britain is pretty permissive. Like, yeah. America <laughs> has been up to a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> not a very good leash. Yeah, some old school uh, Lyndon LaRoche kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. But uh, here's a section of that video of uh, Amy Rollback speaking. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate it will that we that also quashed the story and then um and then alan dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes she told me everything she had pictures she had everything she was in hiding for 12 years we convinced her to come out we convinced her to talk to us um it was unbelievable what we had clinton we had everything i i tried for three years to get it on to no avail and now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God, we, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney three years ago saying like, aunt, like we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And, I had it all three years ago. Mm, mm. I like the, the heartbeat. Oh yeah. yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah. It feels like, it feels like it's almost wanting to be a movie. Yeah. It's the you opening know, like of like the, a Ubisoft yeah, game. Yes. Ooh, it really, yeah. yes, dude, exactly. Oh my God. And soon somebody in like a pig mask is going to like break through the window with a, a yeah. collapsible baton and hack the fucking coffee machine. The, be and, the best part of it all is her, not sounding like 
she gives too much of a shit about the victims and just being like, we had it all, man. I fucking had this three years ago. God fucking damn it. I, I saw it come out and I was like, fuck, we had it all. Yeah, you know, she, and it's it's it's, it's not it's, like these victims could have potentially had justice earlier. He could have been stopped from doing stuff to more people. Eh, maybe that was implied. We had well, it all. Kind of not implied. the vibe, though. The vibe is like, they stole my story. The vibe is very April O'Neil, if you guys know who that is. Uh, no, who the hell is that? She was the oh, good friend. I hate you. So much. She was the good friend yes. of four okay. turtles. Italians? <laughs> right, no. Italian turtles, right? Mm, no. They're Why would New- they be called Michelangelo, Donatello, because Leonardo? Because their father okay. was interested in Renaissance art. And okay. so he named his oh. he named his his boys Damn. who were four turtles who had happened to walk into mm-hmm. some goo. He named them after the painters. It's just weird to have a human take care of turtles. <laughs> He's not a human. What are right. you mean? not what? going to go over <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lore right now? In the, just All right. in, in the middle of poor right, Travis's yeah. segment. <laughs> in All the right. middle of his segment, just That's ruining just the podcast. <laughs> Right. Moving on. <laughs> He's crying. What an absolute piece of shit. All right. Okay. While the video of Amy Roback venting is new, James O'Keefe did not break the story that ABC News had squashed uh, an Epstein story. Uh, that incident that Roback is uh, talking about was first detailed in an August 2019 report from NPR's All Things Considered. Okay, fact, but did they have the photos? Did they have Clinton? So Okay, so the, the actual story uh, was broken by NPR all, but this does contain new information. Yeah, right. It, it has. Mm. It is is valuable. Is good. It's. I'm glad it was released. I could have done it differently than no. Not the James tape. O'Keefe. Not the tape. The shit that she has that she's sitting on. Oh yeah. Well, the fucking ABC is sitting on to yes, this so, day. Yeah, that's right. Where that's the right. fuck are the photos? We'd love to see that. You fucking cowards. Sorry. I so um, do, we have any, do we have any friends? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In fact. That video, uh, in that video, Roback is reacting to that NPR story, and that's why she was sort of ranting oh, about it. Oh, 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 oh. That uh, makes sense. So um, in 2015, uh, the ABC News team of Amy Roback and Jim Hill scored an interview with uh, Virginia Jeffrey. Producers paid for Virginia Jeffrey and her family to fly from Colorado to New York City. Uh, Roback and her news crew interviewed Jeffrey on tape for more than an hour about Epstein. Here's what Virginia Jeffrey told NPR about her decision to come forward. At the time, in 2015, Epstein was walking around a free man, comparing his criminal behavior to stealing a bagel. I really wanted a spotlight shown on him and the others who acted with him and enabled his vile and shameless conduct against young girls and young women. I viewed the ABC interview as a potential game changer. Appearing on ABC with its wide viewership would have been the first time for me to speak out against the government for basically looking the other way and to describe the anger and betrayal victims felt. Now, that story obviously never aired. That uh, is incredible. And she's talking about how it took so long to convince her to, to yeah. come out and speak and yeah. do all this stuff. And then they fucking then they sat fucking on buried it. it. You yeah. satanic motherfuckers. Every single one of you deserves to absolutely have through the back of your fucking I would like to explodes backwards in an absolute gusher like one of those beautiful. All right. (laughs) I stopped myself there. See? Yeah, it's good. We were going to let you go. (laughs) (laughs) One ABC News staffer told NPR that the story was squashed after the network received a call from one of Epstein's top lawyers, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. Dershowitz confirmed this account, telling NPR he uh, intervened after learning ABC was on the brink of broadcasting its interview. 
Uh, he says that he believes he spoke with two producers and a lawyer with the network. Uh, Jeffrey had uh, previously alleged that Dershowitz was among the prominent men Epstein had instructed her to have sex with when she was a teenager. Incredible. So, uh, side note. Now, we're not going to run this story on a pedophile. We just got a call from a pedophile, and he was like, don't run this story about how I'm a fucking pedophile. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, okay, Mr. Pedophile. We'll take care of that for you. No problem. Instead, we're going to do a story on... Um, uh, the, the wedding of Kate uh, yeah. and Will, the lovely <laughs> royal family Christ. we what, all love to look at. What, what kind of appetizers were served at the rehearsal what, dinner? What hats were worn by Kate to the day of her how, wedding? How many hats were, can you count in this footage? How many hats do you need to hide a pedophile? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, side note, like back in April, uh, Virginia Jeffrey actually filed a lawsuit against Dershowitz for defamation. And just this past week, Dershowitz filed a countersuit for defamation. So, real piece of work, that guy. Wow. Mm. What? Dershowitz is a bad guy? Yeah, who knew? Outrageous. I thought he was good, though. Did you see that fucking photo of that fucking guy and Giuliani at a baseball game? No. Just no. grinning <laughs> in the half light. Just fucking scum. <laughs> Absolute fucking amphibians. Just slithering their way through American society, completely free to continue doing what they're doing. So uh, ABC News, for its part, claimed that the story did not meet their standards to air at the time. Uh, Jeffrey told NPR that she felt betrayed. Yeah, it sounds the way the way that she talks uh, definitely makes it sound like the issue was standards. Uh huh. You can definitely hear that in everything she says, that that's the issue, not clear statement of, oh, yeah, the royal family asked us to cover this up and threatened us a million different ways. And Mm -hmm. then Dershowitz got involved. She literally says it. Yep. I was defeated once again by the very people I spoke out against, and once again, my voice was silenced. I could not believe that a formidable network like ABC had backed down and given in. Virginia, they are not a formidable network. They are a pedophile cover-up cover, network, yeah, yeah. and they are cowards yeah. in the face of money and power. Yeah, they're I'm pe- sorry to break it to you. It yeah. sucks, yeah. but that's what they are. So even though it technically isn't news that ABC News squashed the Epstein story, the video released by Project Veritas does include Amy Robach making previously unreported claims. For example, Robach says that the British royal family found out about uh, that uh, Virginia Jeffrey made allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened ABC News. A fear about losing access to Prince William and Catherine Middleton allegedly played a part in squashing the story. Also previously unreported is the claim that the squash ABC News segment includes information about Bill Clinton. It is amazing that at the uh, the Will and, and Kate wedding, they molested children as hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> that was incredible <laughs> to watch the video mm, of that yeah, uh, on ABC News and the celebration that went on after that and the discussion of the dresses and the hats and the flavors. Mm, inconceivable. <laughs> So uh, the identity of the person who leaked that uh, tape is unknown, but a producer named Ashley Bianco was fired from her job at CBS News after it was revealed that she marked the moment of Amy Robach speaking while Ashley worked at ABC News. So wow! So I why Ashley was fired from a totally different network when it, she isn't even the one who hmm. leaked the clip. Wait, you Wait, think you're telling me there might be a cross network cover up <laughs> uh, yeah. for a fucking pedophile where yeah. they take the essentially the Edward Snowden of pedophilia yeah. and just make sure that he never, you know, yeah. works again. Yeah. It's a weird situation. For fuck's she, sake. 
No, I know. It's, yeah. I was saying the Edward Snowden. I, I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yes, she. Absolutely. Oh, man, I can't believe it, except mm. that I can. You can? Yeah. Because Q is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was not the first time that a major network had the opportunity to publish serious allegations against Epstein, but declined. Uh, like we've previously discussed on the podcast, a similar incident happened when reporter uh, Vicki Ward wrote a profile about Epstein in 2003 for Vanity Fair. Uh, while Vicki Ward was working on that story, she was pregnant with twins. And according to Ed Pilkington for The Guardian, Epstein threatened to get a witch doctor to put a curse on Ward's unborn children. And this was actually what was reported in The Guardian. It's very, I have no idea. So yeah, so there's Satanism and witchcraft going on there too. So yeah. Fun just, stuff. Just amazing. Oh. So you're telling me the pedophile oh. also does the okay the oh. Satan stuff. Oh. Everything's fine. Nobody, they, nobody. That's new. We Weird. Never heard about that. Weird. Unless you've been on a certain message channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, while uh, Ward was reporting that story, uh, two sisters who are both alleged Epstein victims—that's Maria and Annie Farmer—gave uh, interviews to Vicky Ward. Uh, they say that they both spoke about their abuse on the record by name back in 2002. Their mother, Janice Farmer, says that she did too. Vicki Ward pursuing that story prompted Jeffrey Epstein to appear in person at Vanity Fair's office and press editor-in-chief Graydon Carter to not devote any attention to Epstein's apparent interest in very young girls. In a statement to NPR about Vanity Fair's decision to not run their story, the Farmer sisters wrote this. We decided to share our story about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell with a writer for Vanity Fair in 2002 because telling other people what happened to us, as we had already done, did not lead to either of them being held accountable. We spoke on the record. Our mother spoke on the record. It was terribly painful. We hoped the story would put people on notice and they would be stopped from abusing other young girls and young women. That didn't happen. In the end, the story that ran erased our voices. But that doesn't mean that Vanity Fair reporters uh, let the story go entirely. John Connolly, then a Vanity Fair contributing editor, uh, pursued interviews with alleged victims of Epstein in 2006. As John Connolly worked on the story, Vanity Fair editor-in-chief Graydon Carter called him to let him know about something unusual he had found in his front yard, the severed head of a dead cat. Connolly says that he believes that was done in order to intimidate Wait, Graydon Carter said that. Yes. He said, Connolly, we found it in your yard? No, no, or Carter, Carter found it in his, his yard. No, it, he fucking didn't. He covered up the other fucking one, too. Graydon Carter, what he enjoys to do on his free time, he likes to sit in a children's swimming pool mm -hmm. right. filled with tadpoles, and he <laughs> waits until they swim up his urethra, and then he just punches down and just squashes them as they're inside. And that's what he does for pleasure. Yeah. That's what he does for fun on his normal day. That and cover up for fucking pedophiles. John Conley says they... Alleg allegedly. I'm sorry. Allegedly. Right. <laughs> don't want <laughs> yeah, to... These people are litigious, you know, but that's what I've seen. The video I've seen. Uh, John Conley says that he voluntarily decided to stop pursuing uh, the Epstein story for the magazine. And uh, Graydon Carter claims that he never held back on any reporting due to any sense of threat. That's an absolute lie. Yeah. Vicky, yeah. Vicky talks about how he yeah. specifically came all in these, and was like, you've got to take that editors. part out. Yeah. Take out the, the girls. Yeah. yeah. So the fucking dead cat didn't fucking happen. All right. And he's fucking lying to Connolly to do the same fucking thing. Except in this case, it's a man. So he knows he can't just go up and threaten because he's a fucking asshole. So he's like, oh, I'm a dead cat. You know what? He actually, he he goes home and he likes to chew on dead cat's heads just for the <laughs> flavor. Just, he loves it. Allegedly. Allegedly. 
But there's yet another instance of a news outlet failing to properly report on Epstein. And this time is from the paper of record itself, the old gray lady, the New York Times. Oh, man, I, I just thought they were so good. <laughs> In August of 2018, the New York Times got word that Tesla founder Elon Musk was using Jeffrey Epstein as an executive recruitment advisor. Oh, that's why he was developing those silent cars. So pedophiles could creep up on girls like right. way more quietly. Just, that makes sense. It's nothing to do with uh, energy efficiency. So just for the record, Elon apparently denies this. But uh -huh. uh, curious why Elon was seeking advice from a registered sex offender, the editors of the New York Times wanted to get a reporter to question Epstein. And their first choice was the reporter Landon Thomas Jr., a veteran financial correspondent who had been at the Times for 16 years. Now, it seemed like a natural choice. Uh, Thomas actually knew Epstein fairly well. He had uh, written about Epstein since 2002, before he even joined the paper. Thomas had considered Epstein a valued source ever since, even after Epstein's release from jail for sex offenses. So he's also fucking in on it? Well... What the fuck yeah. is going... This yeah. is so a, fucked up. A source for what? Well, uh, well, <laughs> young women and yeah, uh, great plane rides. So absolutely <sighs> fantastic. But a source for what? Like, what is he? Is he good like, fun? Chuckles. He's, he's a well-connected person. You know, there's nothing inherently wrong with using bad people as sources. You know, um, mm, but, except in this case. It's except wrong. in this case. Yeah, it's wrong. Because but it's like, tell us about the pedophiles that you know about, <laughs> but that you're not doing. <laughs> right. Wink, Listen, wink. Listen, uh, like, I just spoke to. Uh, uh, several dozen young women who say, well, I'd like to know your side of the story. You know, it's important <laughs> to get both sides. Well, I'll tell you. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, have I ever told you about self-determinism and living forever? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, in Marrakesh, the legal age is closer to 12. So <laughs> people, around, people around the world are enjoying uh, all ages. Uh, Let me tell uh, you something about Southern Arabia. The the age of consent is the second trimester. Uh, people don't know that. Yes, when you if, when you climb into a spaceship and shrink <laughs> down to the size of a molecule and travel inside somebody else's body. The mitochondria, <laughs> the age for consent. It's not even applicable, basically. Eight, I mean, I've spoken eight, to nine, so many maybe. scientists, and they all say the same thing. <laughs> there is no pedophilia at the mitochondrial level. But to Landon Thomas Jr., apparently Epstein was more than just a source. He was also a friend. Uh, for fuck's sake, man. Yep. You keep doing it to me. In fact, you know what you're doing to I, me. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm doing it on purpose. In fact, they were <laughs> so close that Thomas had solicited a $30,000 contribution from Epstein for a Harlem Cultural Center. Oh, hmm. God. So sake. Thomas said that, uh, told his editors that he would use Epstein as a source, but he would no longer, you know, once report on him since he was so close. Uh, his editors, quite understandably, freaked out and forbade him from making further professional contact with Epstein. Only personal contact from now on, okay? <laughs> All right, friend? Yeah, just don't write about it in our paper. But, just go but, and, and play like a game of pickup or whatever you're going to do with Epstein. But please do forward us the address of the party uh, yeah, we're scheduled looking, for later this evening. What is it, invite only? What, how, what are they going to say at the door? Do, I have, to, address, do uh, I have to provide my email, or can I, can I just text uh, the number? And when those editors uh, looked back on the occasions when uh, Thomas did report on Epstein, it found that those reports didn't really uh, speak truth to power, let's say. For example, mm. here is an excerpt from a 2008 report headlined, Financier Start Sentence in Prostitution Case. 
To prosecutors, Mr. Epstein is just another sex offender. He did what he did because he could, and because he never dreamed he would get caught, they say. Mr. Epstein's defenders counter that he has been unjustly persecuted because of his wealth and lofty connections. Sitting on his patio on Little St. Jeff's in the Virgin Islands several months ago, as his legal troubles deepened, Mr. Epstein gazed at the Azure Sea and the lush hills of St. Thomas in the distance, poked at a lunch of crab and rare steak prepared by his personal chef, and tried to explain how his life had taken such a turn. He likened himself to Gulliver, shipwrecked among the diminutive denizens of Lilliput. Gulliver's playfulness had unintended consequences, Mr. Epstein said. That is what happens with wealth. There are unexpected burdens as well as benefits. Oh, oh my fuck. Yeah. Like the, the fuck unexpected, is wrong with you? The unexpected yeah. burden of forcing a child to fillet you, you piece <laughs> of shit. This is Fuck. There are oh, unexpected... Yes, well. Listen, yes, I've lured several children into ovens and burned them alive using candy, but there are unexpected consequences, it turns out, to incinerating a child. Unexpected consequences to building a gingerbread house filled <laughs> with candy and, and whipped cream window piping. Not my fault at all that a child wandered in and stumbled <laughs> into my oven. <laughs> Just an absolute piece of shit. Allegedly because of Thomas's undisclosed cozy relationship with Epstein, the reporter uh, was gone from the New York Times in January of 2019. January of 2019. Yep. Oh, man. Take your fucking time, NYT. Take your <laughs> fucking time. So those are like just sort of the instances that we know about, right? I mean, if there if there are three instances of like- Yeah, that know, have leaked out That somehow. have leaked out, then there's, m- there's probably many more of like, of like opportunities to report on this that we're oh. just- uh, taking out my calculator, beep, 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 800 million others. Uh, 800 million. Incredible. Yeah, 800 million. Incredible number, but that's what the calculator says. So, yeah, it, show, it clearly shows a pattern of major news orgs failing to publish information that could have revealed what a monster Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, before he was uh, arrested. Kind more, kind way to put it. That's a very charitable way to put it. Yeah. I'm trying failing to, to publish. I, I, it's failing, yes. Yeah, it's, they've, it, the most charitable mm, in, interpretation is, yes. uh, is a failure. I failed to yeah. not push my elderly mother down the stairs. She so, now appears to have a broken neck. So uh, this frustration at, at the lack of backbone amongst media orgs was shared by Michael Rater, who is the former Palm Beach police chief. Back in 2004, Rater initiated the first inquiry into Jeffrey Epstein and his possible involvement in child prostitution. Uh, Rater said that he had talked to many reporters and told them precisely where to find damning evidence against Epstein, but nothing ever came of it. How is that possible? What the hell is going on here, ladies and gentlemen? So when Miami Herald reporter Julie K. Brown came to Michael Rater to ask about Epstein, he was jaded. Here's what the former police chief told the reporter. Somebody's going to call your publisher, and the next thing you know, you're going to be assigned to the obituaries department. So Julie K. Brown ignored his warning and pursued the story. The result of her efforts was the three-part investigative series, Perversion of Justice. It identified 80 possible victims of Epstein and uncovered a secretly negotiated sweetheart deal that allowed Epstein to avoid serious punishment for being perhaps the most prolific pedophile in history. Uh, That deal was negotiated by Alexander Acosta, who eventually had to resign as Trump's labor secretary due to Brown's reporting. Also discovered was that the prosecutors uh, even worked with Epstein to help him avoid negative media coverage. Uh, 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 So the guys... 
responsible yeah. for punishing, for punishing yes. Epstein. That's right. Epstein. That's right. We're also helping yeah. the me- helping his media coverage or like mitigating the negative media coverage is what yeah. you're telling me. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Epstein, you're telling me is is a young. African American male, yeah, same thing uh, from the inner city. <laughs> same thing. The exa- yeah, that's what I thought. It's the same thing. Uh, one of Acosta's prosecutors wrote this in an email to an Epstein lawyer. Anana, avoid the press note. Uh, I can file the charge in district court in Miami, which will hopefully cut the press coverage significantly. You want to check that out? Do you? <laughs> hey, there's a great go-karting place near my house. It's got time crisis, too. You want to check that out? Yeah, maybe you could bring a couple of your younger friends. I don't know. Maybe we hit the batting cages, and maybe we'll hit the bleaches. I don't know. The prosecutors who indicted Jeffrey Epstein uh, most recently even cited Julie K. Brown's reporting for helping bring Epstein closer to justice. Brown later told WNYC that she was intrigued by the Epstein story because of the strange silence surrounding it. Here's what she said. There really was nobody pursuing this at all. That was one of the things that intrigued me about this case. Why isn't anyone standing up and screaming? Well, a few people are, but unfortunately yeah. they're on an island in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So So I mean here I mean, here's the sort of like my takeaway from like this this whole incident. Like I think it, it obviously it shows that you know, all like mainstream corporate sort of media were most charitably uh, uh, failing to properly cover Epstein because they're yeah. cowardly or and uh, craven and less charitably. There was an act of cover up. Yeah. Right? So, but so, are you uh, so you think is it ideal? It's not ideal. No, okay. not at all. <laughs> it still remains not ideal. Yeah. So. But uh, but the whole situation was sort of approaching sort of the wh- how the mainstream media sort of approach Epstein is like more nuanced than like a lot of QAnon people think. So because, you know, despite the sort of the broad institutional failure of the mainstream media to expose Epstein for years, at the end of the day, what brought down Epstein was a, rep- was a reporter for a traditional news outlet, our newspaper, in fact. Yeah. So what brought down Epstein, uh, what brought the Epstein story back into the mainstream awareness wasn't a citizen researcher doing Google searches and posting memes from behind their computer. It was Julie K. Brown, a seasoned investigative reporter for the Miami Herald, who did the hard work of following leads and interviewing as many of Epstein's victims as she could out in the real world. You know, also remember, the reporters Vicki Ward and Amy Roback wanted to publish the information they had on Epstein. So in those two cases, at least, it wasn't an issue of a reporter or a, a specific reporter covering for Epstein. It was producers and editors be just like uh, being too cowardly or, again, less charitably, actively covering it up. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and this is not to blame anybody, but uh, we have people like Ed Snowden who gave up their whole life and had to move abroad and will forever probably live on the lamb because he was like, no, this is where I draw the line. And so that's the question. Are you willing to fucking lose your job and have these elites uh, yeah. destroy you because you want to be the person blowing the whistle? Uh, you know, and it's it's like we have people blowing the whistle for like shitty Ukraine deals like that sucks. Of course, it fucking sucks. But it's not Epstein and the fucking royal crown level of sucks mm-hmm. yeah. like th- this shit is so beyond the fucking pale. And citizen researchers do have a job now to continue to tell their friends and families any chance they have at Thanksgiving dinner when nobody wants to fucking listen to you. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. No, I'm kidding. Please. Go, 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 I mean, go, go, I'm go. Not actually... As soon as that knife cuts that first piece of the pie, chicken. I'm, you're you're talking about... you got to be screaming about the pedos. You're talking about the, the tunnels under Epstein's Island. That's right. You're talking about uh, how many times Bill Clinton 
uh, flew on yeah. his plane. When they say, hey, would you like the wishbone? You go, I wishbone that uh, Epstein's <laughs> neck bone wasn't so fucking broke bone in a way that is, uh, you know, consistent with strangulation bone. That's what you got to tell them on Thanksgiving. All right, everybody enjoy your holiday and, t- <laughs> and take all Julian's advice and follow it step by step. To the letter. Follow it to the letter. <laughs> Don't, do not fucking <laughs> fail me. So I want to say like one last thing to basically the, like the QAnon people, because like a lot of QAnon people, they fantasize about the, uh, the entire mainstream media just crumbling and all media basically being replaced by, quote unquote, citizen researchers like they imagine themselves to be. And you know what? The Jeffrey Epstein's of the world fantasize about the exact same thing. A corrupt people would love it if people like Julie K. Brown didn't have the training, the time or the resources to uncover corruption. And if we keep having uh, rich people buying newspapers, uh, they won't. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, the, the day that the biggest threat to corruption is dorks posting on 8kun is the day that corruption will thrive unopposed. That's right. The biggest threat is, in fact, billionaires and accumulated capital. <laughs> Contact your local billionaire yeah, yeah. and if tell you, them they suck ass. Yeah, uh, get a subscription to your local paper if they have an investigative journalist on board, if you want, if you want to help uh, pick away at corruption. This whole incident kind of reminds me of uh, the whole Gary Webb incident, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. is, again, this is another case of an investigative reporter uh, at the San Jose Mercury News mm-hmm. who did, did better work than the LA Times, Washington Post, and the New York Times. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if this was 30 years ago, she'd probably be dead. <laughs> Okay, so have you heard of Home Depot? So at Home Depot, you can acquire several pieces of wood, for example. Yeah. And you could easily rig together that wood in the shape of maybe like a kind of standing up rectangular thing. And then you're going to need a very big blade. You're going to need a nice uh, rope that holds the blade up. (laughs) And then you're going to need to find your local billionaire. (laughs) And you're going to want to just do arts and crafts (laughs) at them. You're going to want to do Home Depot fucking... You're going to Home Depot the heads right off these (laughs) fucking billionaires, man. Move on. We're going to look at... All right, one last bit. I do want to look. Hold on. <laughs> the funny thing about that is that anybody who knows Home Depot knows this is a fucking nightmare process. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're, you're oh. never, it's going to be weeks before you get that Oh, the revolution's going to be inconvenient? You, oh, yeah. bi- big, big box stores aren't good enough for you for the supplies to your revolution? How the fuck do you think it was to build the fucking guillotines for the French? Huh? In the fucking revolution, man. I have a baby. feeling it was easier to find big old blades back then. Like you, yeah, they just had a big old blade a shop. Big old fucking okay. buster sword. Absolutely not. You had to go to your your local blacksmith and ask him to. He would make it. Yeah. Now what do you right. go? You go to Home Depot and you're like, oh, I'd like to repurpose this sheet metal for. Uh, uh, <laughs> you just, just some, you just have a casual like casual a crudely, fucking revolution. You just have a crudely drawn diagram of a guillotine and you're showing it to the to the guy at the front desk. And he's <laughs> Excuse like, me, sir. I'm looking for the pieces that could. He's like, could oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's uh, aisle eight, and you might want to check out aisle seven, too. There's some adhesives there. That's uh, right. You might also want to check uh, 8coon.net because there's a lot of great information there, too. <laughs> uh, there's one other bit from that video that Pro- Project Veritas released that we got to look at, and it's a clip of Amy Robach talking about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Oh, boy. So, do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because he made his whole living blackmailing people. Yeah. There were a lot of men in those planes, a lot of men who visited that island, a lot of powerful men who came into that apartment. I knew immediately. And they made it seem as though he made that suicide attempt two weeks earlier, but his lawyers claimed that he was roughed up by his cellmate. 
around the neck. That was all like to plant the seed. And then that's why I really believe it. Like really believe it. So do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Damn, if you had written that script and given it to an actor, like I don't think they would have given a better performance than yeah, that. Yeah, she's like, so uncomfortable. Yeah, she's rocking back and forth in her chair. And she's she, just you can disgusted. Tell, you can tell, like, at least at least in my opinion, you can tell in her face that she's she's struggling with what she should admit, almost as if she doesn't trust that, you know, like her, you know, it's like, oh, I don't even know if I should say yeah, this shit. Yeah, if I should say like, this because I know what's... Yeah. You know, how strong the powers that don't want this to be a fact. Um, what a fucked up thing that we're living through right now. Like, mm-hmm. like <sighs> maybe the most obvious and straightforward cover up. This shit makes yeah. JFK look like the 100% lone gunman, yeah. uh, 100% an accident yeah. uh, almost. Like, an accident, yeah. Yeah, it's like this is just so absolutely blatant and... You know, the whole way we had incredible resistance by Travis View. Um, and, <laughs> you know, and now finally the truth has come out and he can't hold he, he can't hold the levy. He can't hold the fucking levy. We're just yeah. the, the, the blood of the innocent is is flooding past him. And now he's surfing it like yeah. he's a great surf his, guy. His hands are, are not his own. His <laughs> fingers seem to have minds of their own typing www.8kun.net <laughs> into slash, the browser. Is it true? Slash has my entire Twitter persona being built on a lie? Slash do I regret everything? <laughs> He's not happy. Right meanwhile, now. <laughs> meanwhile, I I'm becoming like increasingly yeah, uncomfortable powerful. of how right that I've been it looks, about everything. It basically. looks like you've been shooting like growth hormone into your arms. Like you're just bigger <laughs> and buffer than ever. Really? Yeah, you got a glint in your eyes. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, um, uh, you know, as sort of is tradition now, when we do um, an episode about Epstein, uh, I dig into i have a tome of mm-hmm. old poetry from the 17th century about jeffrey epstein i, it's, oh, I don't you, know if it's yeah. the same guy you looked it up but some other it's another guy but very common name but a lot then. of it but a lot of it still tracks almost mm-hmm. like history is repeating itself almost um so if you guys don't mind yeah, i mean i'd love it. to i'd love I'd, to hear it i'd love yeah. to give you kind of part two mm. of tw- okay. of twas the night before epstein oh another classic 17th century yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. this there's the same book this is the okay. follow-up uh it's a poem right so you found the same book a okay. poem written by edward toolman um <laughs> Toolman. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dick Smith and what? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other good names? Mm-hmm. Twas three months after Epstein, and both sides could agree. Wealthy pedophiles were still roaming free. <laughs> His corpse was still warm, maybe even survived, and was not dead at all on an island alive. <laughs> <laughs> Was it him on the stretcher? Do they think we're that dumb? I texted my friends, ashamed of what I'd become. But what did it matter? The Anans had been right. Apologies from their children they did wait for all night. (laughs) But the phones didn't ring. The whole case, it would seem, instead of being solved, would turn into... A meme. That's it. 
said the deep state. They've taken the bait. These mortals will settle for something to copy and paste. So they posted on Twitter, even on Channel 12. Thanks, Greg. Oh, and uh, Epstein did not kill himself. Everyone laughed, both MAGA and Libs, while Jeffrey's accomplices still do bad things to kids. <laughs> wow, elegant writing. <laughs> Giselle had been spotted at an in-and-out chain, but the pictures were faked. I said goodbye to my brain. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes were now open, a careful observer. I saw other celebrities become okay with murder. I couldn't believe it. I was sure I'd gone crazy, but two people, now dead, had accused Kevin Spacey. (laughs) My God. The elite were now brazen. They would do it in public when they realized the media would think nothing of it. Except for one man. He had pounded the streets. He resembled a child. His name was O'Keefe. He had made it official. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He... He had made it official. The deep state had indeed squashed a story on Epstein over at ABC. It would appear that the station did not want to spoil the delicate relations between them and the royals. It won't make a difference, the Satanist cheered. Tomorrow a new bombshell will rattle their ears. And lo, they were right. A new story appeared. A pathologist claimed it was as he feared. The autopsy report was shockingly clear. There was no way a suicide had taken place here. But instead of agreeing on an Epstein referendum, both sides said their guy wasn't that good of friends with them. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's true. Why he's like sp- he's literally wiping the spittle from his face and the mucus. Justice is coming. They screamed rather cluelessly as they downloaded today's stories from at <laughs> USB key. <laughs> Wait, let me take that five minutes. <laughs> nope, definitely leaving that in. Okay. Justice is coming. They screamed rather cluelessly as they downloaded today's stories from a hat USB key. (laughs) The hat always told them what they should believe. It was worth the 150 they had borrowed from Steve. The hat never (laughs) lied. It always agreed. Same with the prophets on Twitter and their 400 tweets. A movie's been greenlit, awards it will receive, and before long the people will almost believe that the case had been solved, that it died with Epstein, that the lesson was learned. Stay away. From the teens. The conspiracy theorists had finally gotten one right. Maybe not all the details, but still a one fight. They were happy to move on to the next big ticket item Tulsi Gabbard, an asset, and where's Hunter Biden? And so Jeffrey Epstein in our memory fades. We'll begin a new life back on Little St. James. And the desperate among us will ask, what does it mean? And Travis will tell them. Well, at least we've got memes.
Uh, ah, and so yes, a very sort beautiful of beautiful stuff. Yeah. Very, it's in the style of the 17th century. Yeah. Very beautiful, yeah. <laughs> prescient discovery. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, the precogs s- of the era. Search for I mean, you know, I think that the writer actually brings up this kind of interesting. So it's desperate search for nouns, point and verbs, <laughs> <laughs> adjectives, perhaps. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the writer brings up an interesting point where it's like people are almost kind of sad. Like it's become this sort of meme like, oh, and Epstein didn't kill himself. And like all these things like my girlfriend sends me like Instagram posts where it's like roses are red, violets are blue. uh, My house is a boat and Epstein didn't kill himself. Like it's like all these things. And it's almost as if that's good enough. Yeah, it's almost as if people are like, "Oh, ha ha ha!" So we all like we we all understand that like he but, was murdered and like. But the reason that, that that we meme is because we have no power. So circulating the information and kind of co-opting it is a way for us both to cope. But also, it shows the limits of what we're actually able to do in this case. Do you think? I mean, we should be in the streets. We should you, be at Home Depot. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Do you think that deep state plotters, like the same way that they do with like alien stuff, where they put out like. Disinformation. Do you think, like, maybe you mean they, they use start... the alien information to disinform to no, no, cover no. up other stuff? No, no. Because Edward Stop. Snowden looked for the aliens and they don't exist. Stop. Hold on. It was hidden deeply. He is too deep for too Edward deep for Snowden. Him to find. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Secure server in Hillary Clinton's basement. Okay, so that's not what you meant. So wait, what did you mean? I mean that, that they like, hid the aliens. No. Oh, shut up. I'm trying to figure I'm actually trying to figure out what you're saying. The the government had a there's a movie about it called like the blue Pro- project blur into the blue or something like that. It's all about the disinformation that the government actually did put out like they, there was a task force that was that was their job was putting out disinformation into conspiracy theories about aliens for whatever reason because they were fucking covering up like secret technology yeah, with were, their, the bombers and the planes right and right, right that's the actual normal. so do you think that like maybe that the people who murdered epstein like sort of like pushed the meme out so that they would be like no that that'll it'll get them talking about the meme and then and while and everybody will be laughing and liking their instagram posts and retweeting their twitter shit but nobody is really gonna fucking ask the questions of like why was no justice happened why is the case fucking basically dead no but i would argue that the finders trove was released at a very strange time and i would also argue that the uh the epstein trove was released at a strange time too it's mm. kind of early for the fbi to declass stuff about like when the fuck does the FBI declass I mean it's a FOIA request answered but we know FOIA can basically ignore you for months or yeah, give yeah, you selective yeah. information I mean, I think they're doing a, what they call a limited hangout yeah I think they're just kind of like letting it out to be like oh see case closed well more <laughs> like yeah you've gotten that content yeah. if you it's it's astroturfing you, you think you have content and so but you it just takes the place of the real uh, story mm-hmm no, I, th- I think the whole uh, Epstein didn't kill himself meme is organic. I mean, I feel yeah, feel, I, I agree. Feel, feel like it comes from from a place of genuine frustration. Like the, the people feel like they're being bullshitted. They don't appreciate it. Yeah. So, so, so we have this really simple meme that everyone can participate in. Say like, uh, we we know we're not getting the whole story. You yeah. Know, so. I don't fucking appreciate yeah. it. I'm pissed. I'm pissed that they keep lying to me about this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Nice place called Home Depot. <laughs> we'll be taking a little right. field trip. All right. Listen, your Patreon money is going to go to good use. That's all I'll say because that's all I can say because Travis is looking at me like he might uh, Home Depot me. You know what I mean? <laughs>
Franzak is a writer and co-host of the True and On podcast. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So we've been kind of covering uh, the recently released recording uh, of the ABC journalist by shit-eating mutant James O'Keefe. <laughs> what do you think about that entire thing? It sucks that it went to Project Veritas. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like... Uh, I'm happy that it was leaked, like very happy it was leaked, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It really reminded me of, Did you? Do, are you guys familiar with the Jimmy Savile case in the UK? Mm-mm. I've read some about that, yeah. but Yeah, so he was like a like beloved national TV host who, and like philanthropist, like icon of Britain, who also had like extremely close ties to 10 Downing, to the Royal family, also the Vatican, uh, the NHS. Um, And it came out shortly after he died that he had victimized, a conservative estimate would be about in the hundreds of children over decades. Yeah. And that like British institutions were covering uh, up for it and enabling him, including institutions like the Crown and Ten Downing, right? And the BBC, it came out that the BBC had shelved or sort of sidelined a report on this before he died because of pressure that they received, right? And there was a massive investigation into like who was responsible for making that decision at the BBC. I think that the same thing should happen here. Like, and I don't think it's an unreasonable thing for people to, to demand. Um, I think it's, it's insane that to hear, I mean, just to hear, it's like, we all knew. I mean, that's the thing too about this stuff. It's so frustrating because we all, we all knew this is the case. Of course, everyone knew, everyone knew, but to like hear it is really, I don't know. It was really upsetting to me. Yeah, of course. And I mean, we all knew about Graydon Carter as well. I mean, I, I wonder, is there even, I mean, of course, it would be good to to, to watch this stuff, uh, like research and kind of brought to light. But we kind of, that's the worst part maybe about Epstein is how visible it all is and how we mm-hmm. just can't do a fucking thing about it. Yeah, I mean, like Bill Maher has been joking about, quote, pedophile island for like a decade. Yeah. Like, like, you know, that's the thing that Brace and I on the podcast, like, really stress because it comes up in, like, when you start going back and looking at all of even just, like, the society reporting. You mentioned Graydon Carter, but even the shit that was in Vanity Fair and other, like, profiles in the early 90s is, like, this was all out in the open. Everyone knew. Absolutely everyone knew. Someone contacted me recently and told me that in Manhattan, they referred to his apartment as the veal farm. Oh my goodness. That's like great. in society circles. Yeah, yeah. It's like this fucked up meme that's like, like we were kind of talking about this uh, during the episode. It's like, what's so annoying about it is that it's like, it's this meme and like that sort of, you know, spreads awareness. But it's also like, that's also kind of where it ends is that people are like, ha ha, this is the thing that definitely happens that's <laughs> fucked up. And that's it. it. Yeah, totally. Do you think that uh, like 
mainstream media, you know, their kind of inability to properly cover Epstein, is it just cowardice in the face of money and power? Or like, is there something darker at play there? I mean, I think that that material class interests manifest in different ways. Like, I, I wouldn't say that there's like, like, I, I think that like access and um, like power or access to power, like, it doesn't have to be explicit in its sort of like, like, I don't think you, like, I don't think there's some like cartoon, um, like executive, like down the throat of every reporter being like, don't talk about this, you know, but that's not how like soft power and access and like, um, like dangling access and like, what then it's like it doesn't take you like to like a lot of like steps to understand that if you talk about something the network and people don't want you to talk about like that risks your job exactly you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's just like second nature it doesn't even have to be like a decision that's even being made do, do, you, do you get what i'm saying yeah no absolutely and I, so i don't even like it's i don't even like blame I mean, I, you know, I kind of feel this same way about like when you talk about like the way the media covers Bernie Sanders, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think that it's necessarily that there is some like hub where there's a plot and phone calls are being made and, you know, deals are being struck or whatever. I mean, I, it, in some ways, it's like even more a testament to the power these people hold that they don't even need to be that explicit. Yeah, you just right? know that like bringing it up would ruffle feathers you don't want to ruffle if you want to continue to have a career and a life yeah. that is, you know, not that doesn't involve harassment and, and blacklisting. Yeah, because there's been yeah. like subtle warnings your entire career. Like that you mentioned something and like just after many, many years, you go like, all right, these are the things that I know I can't fuck with. Right. Not to mention like health care for your children. Right? <laughs> yeah, of course. And so, OK, so like the, you know, in the rowback uh, tape that they played, uh, one thing that came up was that there were photos. There's obviously also the interview that they did with Virginia uh, Joffrey. And do you think mm -hmm. that that is just locked in the Disney vault forever? Yeah. We're just never going to see yeah, any wow. of that shit. I don't think we're going to see any of it. That's enraging. The idea that, like, um, yeah, that all this material is just like sitting there—a long interview that you know was was painful to give—had to fly out from Colorado to New York, and it's just going to quite possibly just never see the light of day because why? Who, who are who are they protecting at this point? I want to see those photos. Yeah, do you think maybe that like Robach will like go rogue and just be like fuck it, like scorched earth, oh. just like leave her job and then just no. become no. become no. the fucking of savior. Not. She's a company woman at the end of the day. Yeah, and when you see the interview, you can tell her biggest uh, pet peeve is that it someone got to it it's before her. her. Yeah. She wasn't the reporter. Yeah, that was really telling. Mm. That was interesting. Yeah. It was really more like, and now it's everywhere, which is funny because also it's not. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, I think actually the reporting has, I mean, if she's, it's, you know, if she thinks that she could implicate Bill Clinton, like that, rep that is not out there. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's something she'll say, like when someone's, you know, on a hot mic, but she, she won't say it in public. She even went and, and towed the line for them afterwards. Yeah. And then someone at, uh, someone at CBS was just fired. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. We saw that. Yeah. yeah. But a little, they're like, a little it cross wasn't network me. collusion. 
Yeah, witch hunt collusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's also, uh, you know, the kind of Dershowitz thing, uh, the countersuit against Virginia Joffrey, the 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 woman that was um, yeah. interviewed by Robach. So, like, what the what is what is going on with him? Are we ever going to see any justice? And what do you think is next for him? I don't know. He seems like he's just going to like sue everyone. Like yeah. that seems to be his mo. I mean. We, our suspicion is that they've kind of like cut him loose a long time ago. Like he's just like out on his own, I think. Gotcha. Um, Doesn't have the support network anymore, so he's using his uh, his legal connections and expertise and try and squash anyone who talks about him. Yeah, totally. Like I don't really get the sense that I mean, yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he has a game plan. I mean, he has a book coming out, a memoir coming out about like me too. Like, I don't think that, yeah, he was supposed to do that, like, he was supposed to do a mock trial with Chris Christie about, about, like, is child slavery good? You can guess (laughs) which side he was taking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't, he doesn't seem to be the most self-aware man. Yeah. I mean, just because Chris Christie has a a 12-year-old's IQ, it doesn't mean he's a child, Mm. you know? (laughs) Is there, do you think there was anything interesting that got uh, released with the, the recently declassified FBI materials? So actually, I have a question because I, I when I was looking through that, I'm pretty sure that was the same stuff that already came out, right? Did like they a just, couple months ago, they just packaged it and and released it as a vault. I mean, I think that like somehow on social media, it just kind of like picked up again. But this was stuff that I think came out shortly after he died. Mm. Yeah, but it was you know there was actually something interesting in that file that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. Although someone, when I was looking into it, someone has made a freedom of information request about it, but I'm sure that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything. But in that file, I mean, it's mostly like redacted things. Uh, Like everything is just like redacted basically. Um, There is like in the news, there's all these like files of newspaper clippings. Did you guys see that? And it's like, you know, stories from the Miami Herald and, you know, whatever. Right. From the time. But there was one clipping about um, someone in Brussels who was arrested for child trafficking. That I, and I've never seen this man's name and I couldn't find anything on Google. I don't have it in front of me. I could look it up. But it's in the files and it is the only newspaper article that doesn't mention Epstein or like yeah. anyone, yeah. Um, said in the in the clipping that he used to be based in Miami, so yeah, it's like a kind of a strange little blip there, like a loose end. It's it kind of reminds me of uh, when they released that Finders uh, vault. There was just like a couple pages on the tunnels under the McMartin School, right? Uh, yeah, and it's just like unclear what the connection is. It's like, oh, cool. I mean, I kind of half think that uh, these vault releases are both distractions in, in the case of the Finders stuff and then also limited hangouts in the case of, yeah, the, uh, of the Epstein vault, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, no, you already have it. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's being released, you know, and, and it, that's an easy line for them to to, to use. Yeah, I think, like, um, conspiracy stuff aside, one thing that is interesting in the Epstein stuff is it seems really clear that he used MySpace to, like, target women yeah well yeah i'm sure he had a top five (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but like seriously like there's like pages and pages of everyone's like myspace profile but like 
and Jeffrey had one. Yeah. Damn. Um, but like that's, it's something important to think about when we kind of think about these websites now, I think. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. what are they being used for by people like him? Yeah. Yeah. There was like an out, a BBC, uh, BBC or Al Jazeera story. I can't remember. That was looking at um, like how Instagram is used for slave markets in the Middle East. Yeah. And it was like horrifying. And Brace, I was like showing it to Brace and he was just casually like, oh, yeah, that's a big thing in Syria. It's like, Jesus Christ. But like this is, you know, they advertise and they'll buy ad. They buy ads. Literally. Wow. On Instagram. Just young, young girl. Thirty two hundred dollars. Incredible. I think all these fucking apps are just they're just child sex trafficking fucking apps disguised as others. I think all our apps yeah. that we have yeah. are just apps. It's like Facebook is surveillance disguised as social media. Instagram fucking child slave market disguised as fucking everybody wants to be a commercial for themselves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've been just, selling yeah, yourself it's like hard. Yeah, like sup- super black pill shit. Yeah. Like, like. You know, when you're like, wow, porn and DOD really built the internet. Just just like, (laughs) Very, very literally. Jake has been putting a little price on himself like a used car, like what you write in the back window, but nobody's buying on Instagram. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm a little bit salty. Yeah. I got to get better pics, though, you know? Yeah, come on. Get some angles on you. Yeah, I got to get some good angles instead of that flat straight on. I actually really don't like instagram i have a theory that instagram is like the worst of all of them yeah it's trash interesting yeah i'm i was like that with i I thought facebook was the worst for a while but like instagram is its own sort of like insidious sort of um yeah the the ads and and everybody's a commercial and uh, it's so fucked i think it's also just that like it's visually based which already is going to like it's basically teaching people to view the world as they wish the world looked as rather than how it actually is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause it's telling you how to like curate your experience, your literal like visual experience with the world mm-hmm. as you would like it to be. And like, that's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I really like don't, I try not, I don't really don't use it. My Instagram's locked too. By the way, people stop requesting me. I'm not going to approve you. Yeah. <laughs> stop, um, stop it. Knock it off. And I don't have Facebook, but that also means that I'm just like constantly on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Also a great place. So you've been doing the podcast for a little while now. Uh, from what you've examined so far, um, like, you know, kind of how credible do you think Epstein's intelligence connections are? Uh, I mean, I think it's like pretty clear. Well, first of all, it was confirmed by Alex Acosta, former labor secretary, who resigned when it came out that he was involved in the Epstein plea deal, the 2008, uh, you know, non-prosecution agreement where everyone, everyone, and also everyone unnamed got immunity, just like anyone could could have immunity if they're at all related to any charges so what uh, are what are the credible agencies then what what do you mean the credible agencies connected to him you know what is it like what what picture would you paint of his connections well i would say that you know the the man first of all the the, the man who hired him for his first job he dropped out of two colleges yeah uh was william barr 
who was an ex-OSS, which mm-hmm. is the sort of, you know, precursor to the CIA. And I would, you know, remind people that no one retires from the CIA unless they die. So um, I find it highly unbelievable that, uh, like, he was just rescued out of nowhere by an ex-CIA agent and propped up in a Manhattan private school. Yeah. So you've got that. And then from there, he goes to Bear Stearns. So you, you go from, like, spook to finance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be a hedge fund manager. Um, and from there, you know, that's where he meets up with Lex West. Les Wexner, right, who has his own ties to Israeli uh, intelligence. Yeah, and then there's, of course, Ghislaine's dad, who died mysteriously on a yeah. yacht. Who's, yeah, I mean, his, you know. his best friend and madam, her father is the most famous global spy yeah. in, like, literally history. His his, uh, his funeral's <laughs> attended by about a dozen, uh, you know, ex-heads of Mossad and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, Gillian's sisters, uh, they like built out or one of her sisters was the CEO of Kiliad, which is like an Israeli uh, NSA, like (laughs) Israeli NSA managerial software company. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Built built through their little startup uh, incubator. Yeah, and her, you know, Maxwell, of course, was tied up in the Promise scandal in the 80s. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think, yeah, and that's not even when we're, we haven't even talked about, like, the Clintons, you know? Yeah, so, right. like, <laughs> I, I think the intelligence stuff, which, by the way, it's on the record that he, quote, belonged to intelligence. That's what Alex Acosta was told. Yeah. So, you got, like, CIA, obviously, um, you know, I don't probably not FBI. I don't know. No, it doesn't they're always seem... at, all the agencies are just at war with each other constantly. Exactly. Yeah. So And so speaking of the Clintons, you bought a Clinton in a blue dress uh, print <laughs> recently. <laughs> yeah, us, I did. Tell us that's, more. That's actually for the live show. Okay, um, yeah. In preparation. Yeah, which we have coming up. We have um a bit of an intricate some intricate set pieces that we're building. Um, it's less a live podcast and more of a like show. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I, you can just get anything made <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not going up on your wall is what you're trying to say or? No, I can't do that. That's so creepy. Could you imagine? I'm like, oh my hey, God. let's go hang out at my place. This is like. It's just creepy that it do? exists. Ceiling above the bed is where I'd put it. Yeah, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I know it's so crazy that that was in his apartment. Yeah, like what mind-boggling. a sicko. Yeah. So you've been covering Epstein for a while. Uh, what's the most surprising thing that's come up? Like what? How has your mind changed, uh, and how has it not changed? Um, you'd be surprised how broken my brain was before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I would say you know, learning that. Gillane's nephew was a Hillary State Department appointee was a bit concerning to me. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was like that was like a bit of a like, are you kidding me? Like, are you fucking kidding me? And so, so um, you'd say that there's there's something to that? I mean, can you tell us a little more, or is that just a case of rich people giving each other jobs? 
I don't think it's just rich. Well, I don't know. I mean, are there like 10 rich people? Because they all seem to know each other. Like, <laughs> uh, I find it very concerning that uh, there are like two personal appointees that Hillary Clinton made to the State Department, and he was one of them. Like, And he served also on the Friends of Libya and later on the Friends of Syria board, right? These are groups, international groups, that were tasked with, I mean, are you aware of what the State Department was involved in in those countries during that time? No, right? uh, tell us a bit. So, well, I mean, we, you know, we overthrew uh, Libya, the Libyan government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Libya is now a failed state. It is one of the, um, you know, I'd say like global headquarters for human child and organ trafficking. Mm -hmm. Like that is something we did. Hillary Clinton oversaw that under President Obama. Like, you know, and Gillian Maxwell's nephew was involved in it. That seems, yeah. and I believe there's a fair amount of genocide going on in Libya as well. <laughs> Absolutely, it's. A, I mean, it's an absolute fail. I mean, it's run by warlords, mm -hmm. and like we did, you know, we don't talk about any of this. And oh, it, you no, know, no, I'm, no. I'm you don't sure hear any that about like that in the news. Yeah, and it's you know, it's not even just on the news, but like, you know, I get really mad at the left, and this kind of relates to to a lot of what you guys cover on your podcast because it's like, and. Again, I feel the same way about the Project Veritas stuff. It's like, how the hell are you letting the right wing capitalize on this? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. The absolute failure and a mix of failure, cowardice, and planned covering up, clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, this is your territory. Why are you running cover for these people? Yeah, like, just you because are these you people. don't like. Well, yeah, but it, well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's to really what extent, it is. It's like, yeah. you're just all liberals. I was going to say the counterculture was long ago co-opted, you know, I mean, the, the, yeah. that, that was one of the longest uh, plans after the 60s, you know, a lot of people met and and tried to figure out how to never let some of these things happen again. And so counterculture, you know, being given handed on a platter to the right uh, is, is you know, the, this case of like cognitive dissonance where it's like, no, 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 you may be experiencing the world as like a, an increasingly desperate place that's heading straight into a wall, you know, basically a chosen apocalypse. But uh, no, it's all in your mind, actually. We're fine, you know, the, the history has ended and we're now like in a kind of capitalist uh, uh, evolution where we just need to keep tweaking it. And so, like, you know, you've explored this as well, the managerial um, mindset that kind of has mm -hmm. led uh, the counterculture to, you know, migrate uh, to the right, because uh, after a while, you're, you know, you're failed by the liberals. The only people expressing anger and screaming that the system is broken are people like O'Keefe, even though they're wrong in yeah. so many ways. Totally. And I think also it shows you the real poverty of like culture war stuff it's like it none of this stuff has meant any kind of real victories for the left if it's allowing the right to capitalize like there should not be a world in which you let the right capitalize on like anti-war sentiment yeah. yeah you know what i mean like how is that even and and the thing that really gets me is that rather than kind of doubling down and saying, yeah, like we are anti-war, we oppose X, Y, and Z, right? Whatever. 
it's always couched in like, well, we, we're not like those people. We don't like them because X, Y, and Z, but we're also in, it's like, don't even say that. Just, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it like the left cannot remove itself from this like culture warrior pose and it will be it's the death now yeah the idea that you can kind of modify the aesthetic world around you and that uh, the rest will follow suit is a misunderstanding of how power exists right now Uh, yeah and and i think that 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 has become counterculture now you know you go out and you protest the end of the oa like we we've actually we've actually told people no protests like are fine and great just make sure that they're safe and good as in to modify a product so that you can (laughs) feel more comfortable consuming it even when that's absolutely even when it's identity politics it's still a fucking product you know it's like the idea that uh the corporation is going to make a better movie the next time around so you can enjoy it more and meanwhile like nothing systemic is being addressed and 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 that's because even protest itself has been completely co-opted over the course of like 30 or 40 years of of advertising to people yeah it's just a theme park of protest you're not actually pro you're just going to the protest festival exactly and protest festival and it's there's a great fucking jeff rosenstock song about about this called festival song that I and you know what everybody it'll be playing to. at uh, next year's protest festival because it, it will be co-opted yeah because it will be yeah of course <laughs> everything sucks nothing 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 that's good has, yeah but like uh, <laughs> it, well people people in the sixties didn't pretend Jimi Hendrix was activism right it it just fucking it wasn't just was, it was yeah. music that accompanied real activist movements right right yeah it was just this the soundtrack Zizek talks about a lot you know like how they sorts of um, like, you know, all of these, this kind of like these like anxieties have been like sublimated into the like kind of culture, mass culture, con- like, you know, complex. Yeah. Um, Marcuse warned about this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Warren slash, you know, was tasked with writing about it, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, I suppose. But, um, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, this is like a weird. This is like a total tangent, but this was like a pro- real problem I had with the movie Joker. <laughs> Go on. It was. It was just like it felt like very. First of all, I cannot believe that we live in a world where like the the most radical art is a Marvel movie about like a guy who's like mentally ill mm-hmm. right. and dresses up as a clown. Like I have a real problem with that. Just do you know like how many as, people are going to be, society. do you know how many people you're pissing off by calling the Joker Marvel? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're doing, whatever. You're doing <laughs> crime against humanity right here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Guess what? Suck it nerd. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. And n- not to mention that the movie was directed by the guy yeah. who did the hangover movies who stopped doing comedy because he said that it gotten too politically correct and that comedy was too policed and so his answer was to make the joker movie and Mm -hmm. that is in in the director's words was a commentary on the on the shortening of free speech in cinema yeah what a statement it will resound throughout the like history books will be written that this was a turning point joker Mm -hmm. and the thing is is that like i really i was like I was like so ready. I was like all about Joker. I like loved it as a meme. I was like, I have like kind of a weird, I don't know. I I, I deeply empathize with incels. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like, 
I like see you and hear you all and I you're valid but like I I don't like a lot of the discourse around this stuff it really bothers me but setting that stuff aside like I so I was like all in on Joker and then I watched it and I like I don't know if you guys saw it I liked the first half and then it became like so abundantly clear how aware of itself it was and then it just sort of like and this kind of goes back to what we're saying about the like protests that are safe and whatever is that like it was like it was so aware of what it was attempting to do that it censored itself and it couldn't break out of it right you know and that might just be the fact that it is a corporate um like malleable uh, intellectual property which is not talked about enough and we should talk about like as you know as a culture we we need to talk about that but like so it just might be that like the medium it's like or it's like function or it's you know like it's inherently like limited just by its mere out of its mere existence but like it it, i started to really resent the movie Hmm. because of it and then at the end which was like so I, i mean the ending is so stupid and silly and it looked so much it was like i said that it looked like a pepsi sponsored uh like prestige television drama about occupy wall street <laughs> yeah. like it was so it was so cringe as the kids say so, so you and i just felt so bad for everyone involved that like we were letting this be subversive yeah like art yeah, I mean, it processes its own subversion, but uh, like in, within the movie so that you can leave feeling like a conclusion is made. The conclusion's already made for you. No need to do anything about anything that we brought up in here. Uh, but I, I personally did like the end when the Joker gives uh, a Pepsi to a cop and it solves uh, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kept waiting for Kendall Jenner to show I know, up. And, well, and all my like lib, like, like, my, like, lib friends who like follow Judd Apatow on Twitter and shit are like, they're like, oh man, like it was such an accurate representation of like all this, st- like uh, it did exactly what it was supposed to, which is yeah. exactly why it is the way that bothered you because it's it, it the statement is not being made by people who believe in it. It's made by fucking white executives. It's a fucking who, product. Who, yeah. who have an idea that this kind of sentiment is popular in some yeah. way yeah, and they want to totally. capitalize on That's it. That's right. It's a so product. It's, end of the end of fucking yeah, story. End of it fucking is story. a product. Yeah. End of story. It's nothing yeah. more than a product. And Drink it's not your gonna... fucking Pepsi, Julian. Uh. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, so... Clown World. Real Clown World hours. Clown Joker Outlet. Movie. Clown Outlet. Yeah, I look forward to Lady <laughs> Joker, and uh, I think we're going to get a lot done in the next few years. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, if they don't cast me as Lady Joker, this whole thing was worth yeah. nothing. for not. They considered yeah. you, but Kendall Jenner was going to be a better uh, Lady Joker, <laughs> yeah, right. and she's already built yeah. into the Pepsi ethos, so it's fine. Uh, so, okay, so, like, a lot of people are obviously outraged at some of these developments around the Epstein case. Is there, like, a productive way to get involved with some of this? Um, I mean, I know that there's a group in New York that's been meeting. I think they call themselves, like, Epstein Truthers, which I think is cute. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And they've been, like, wanting to stage protests and stuff they went and like disrupted one of hillary clinton's book events um beautiful so you could check them out <laughs> that's cool i don't really know to be honest yeah yeah it's hard like to... and i think it's like something to really think about 
Um, like to put my cards on the table, like I'm not an activist or an organizer, like, and I'm not really involved in a lot of like that stuff. Grace certainly is. Um, I think that like, to be honest, like I, I don't really think there's any hope for like a case happening. Right. 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 But I do think that, and again, this is kind of what we're trying to do with the podcast that like. It is like radicalizing, I think, for people to understand this stuff. It can be or has that potential. Right. Yeah. You know, like to really understand, like, not just the like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of like start early. You don't want to like go straight into the CIA stuff, probably. But, you know, one, the way that rich people escape justice, right? Yeah. Two, the way powerful people who also refuse to give you healthcare escape justice. <laughs> like yeah. all of it is connected politically and I think can be used to radicalize a lot of people. I mean, it's striking. Like, I, I don't know anyone who thinks that he killed himself. Like just normal people. Yeah. Like not internet crazy people. Like normal people don't think he killed himself. You know? And I think that that is, you kind of have to like go with like go with the flow a lot of times when you when you like are doing political work i think like you can't just like force someone to read right. marx no like but <laughs> you can use this as a way to talk about decadent elites fucking you know yeah. ru ruining your life yeah, th this could be like a fissure uh, th that uh, allows people to access class consciousness um, yeah. because of just how outrageous it is. Yeah, a moment of dissensus, possibly. Mm. Yeah, very um, cool. You know, I think that it would be nice if we had a kind of like vanguardism that could identify that and not let it get into the hands of the right because right now that is what's happening. I mean, it was like Don Jr. liked an Epstein didn't kill himself meme. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. You know? Yeah, we can't let that happen, that's for sure. You can't. And then, you know, you get these concern troll little teen Maoists or whatever that are like, well, it's like, no. I don't, I don't know, whatever. I'm just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Well, people can follow you at Liz Franzak. That's L-I-Z underscore F-R-A-N-C-Z-A-K. Good job uh, having a name that complicated. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You got hey Polish pride. Polish pride. <laughs> Holler me too. That, that's on Twitter. <laughs> Holler me too. Uh, so they should uh, also go listen to the True Anon Pod. They can find that pretty much anywhere podcasts are, you know, sold on a stall on a stall podcast yes. stall next to the fish and the and the apples. Thanks a lot for joining us, Liz. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. Is there anything you'd like to tell the listeners before uh, we let you go? Oh, we have a live show coming up, which I mentioned. It's November 21st. If you live in the Bay Area, it's in San Francisco at the Makeout Room in the Mission. It's Very like cool. 21st and Valencia, I think. Great. At uh, 7 o'clock, but I would get there early. Nice. Yeah. You want to get your seat in the uh, pedosphere, in the pedo. Yes. <laughs> the, the pedo ball. Yes. The Epstein Extended Universe. <laughs> Infinite crossover. Mm hmm. All right. Thanks a lot, Liz. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so Liz. much. Bye bye. Bye.
You've been listening to the QAnon Anonymous podcast. If you like the show, you can support us and get a second weekly episode for just five bucks a month. And this will also get you access to our archive of premium episodes. We do a second episode every single week and uh, they're quality, honestly. Like we don't, uh, they're not like some sort of like outtake uh, or you know, secondary thing for us. We prepare them both on, on the same level. We do not run any advertising. That's the other thing. And we want to keep it that way. So just go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, and then the other thing is, don't forget to get tickets to our first live show, February 8th, Saturday. It's going to be in Los Angeles. And so, yeah, go get the tickets at tickets.qanonanonymous.com and uh, come and hang out with us. It's going to be great. We're going to have a live story with Jakey and... Uh, Travis is going to wear his finest assless chaps. Look forward to it. He's going to have a mesh top that you can see his nips through. <laughs> He's promised a lot of things. Um, we're going to get to shave his head on stage. It's just so much cool shit, dude. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't get real weird. <laughs> <laughs> when he's done, he's going to look like a slippery little Mr. Clean, and it's going to be just perfect. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. It's fact. And now... Today's auto cue. Hillary, I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. <laughs> I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. <laughs> because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. <laughs> what is the game plan? <laughs> well, Trevor. What is, what, but honestly, though, what does it feel like being the boogeyman of the rights? Well, it's, it's a constant surprise to me. <laughs> um, because the things they say, and now of course it's on steroids with uh, being online, uh, are so ridiculous beyond any imagination that I could have. And yet they are so persistent in putting forth these crazy uh, ideas and theories. Honestly, I don't know what I ever did to get them so upset. upset, 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 upset.